that silver singing river There's beauty in that sunrise in the sky But all of these and nothing else can touch the beauty I remember in my true love's eyes And only if my own true love was waiting If I could hear her heart softly pounding Oh, and only if she was lying by me I'd lie in my bed once again That is part of Tomorrow Is A Long Time by Bob Dylan One of my favorite songs And uh the thing about the beauty, so that's the topic of today, like, I don't know, uh, I think basically beauty is possibly my main motivation in life or what I think is maybe most important. And so not in like physical beauty, although that's part of it, that's, that's great, um, but more on the deeper philosophical level. Like say the Christians traditionally talk about the three aspects a virtue, I think it is. I mean, I'm pretty ignorant of this. I'm gonna, I'm working on that, but um, I think which are, I believe, truth, goodness, and beauty. Um, and that's kind of interesting. It, like beauty seems to be like the uh, dark horse or whatever the expression is here, where it's like the kind of less um, easily comprehensible one of those. Like good, yeah, do good things, be a good person. Truth. You know, be honest and um, be aware of the truth. So, see and communicate the truth. Truth in, truth out. And goodness, yeah, I guess, you know, just be a, um, a good part of the world. Um, but then beauty, it's like, why is that so important? You know, look what your, your shoes, you should have really beautiful shoes. No, it's more beauty of spirit or beauty of mind, beauty moral beauty or something and um and i think so that's what i'm kind of interested in talking about today um I'll put down this guitar although it's difficult sometimes <clears throat> so yeah like uh there's the physical beauty of like oh like what, what is that when we think things are beautiful like oh a plant's beautiful more beautiful a living plant is more beautiful than a dead plant or like a fake plant right some people would go, oh, if it's realistic enough, no. Yeah, okay. Good Good luck with that. Um, I think if you polled the whole planet, the overwhelming majority of people, including the overwhelming majority of very educated people, um, would all agree, yeah, living stuff is more beautiful. And then if you say, oh, you know, in theory, everything's just protons, electrons, neutrons, it's all the same. Um, and you know, you can see beauty in anything like a brick wall. If you're like a sage, you know, you can look at it and you can go, ah, my own consciousness is in the wall, you know? Um, and you can, wow, isn't it amazing that there's an experience of a wall being witnessed? Where is this even happening? How is this even possible? This is a miracle, you know, but you can do that with everything. And so everything's got that basic level of beauty of being, you know, of, uh, consciousness and um, the universe the living universe but then some things um, you know nature compared to like some back dirty back alley 
it's more beautiful. Now, is that just because it's more, you know, clean or like uh, healthy? Well, I don't know. It could be full of dangerous animals and it's still going to be more beautiful. Um, and uh, you could know that it was full of some sort of toxic poison and you'd still say it's more beautiful. Um, so even if like you wouldn't want to go there, you'd say, yeah, it's more beautiful though. Look at this beautiful jungle or whatever it is. Um, so I think beauty is kind of like, um, well, yeah, let's go into it a bit more. It's a bit about things like mathematics, like geometry, like say, you know, people who have very symmetrical faces apparently are rated um, as more attractive. Um, so there's that, the symmetry, um, and just certain like geomet geometric stuff, like uh, say uh, uh, the triang triangles on, on your face and the, the golden ratio, you know, like from the Fibonacci sequence, right? Like zero, like each uh, item in the, the list is the previous two items, the sum of the previous two. So you got zero, one, kind of like nothingness or something, and then the next one's going to be one, then the next one will be two, next one will be three, next one will be five, etc. Um, that how you know the ge uh, sacred geometry. It's all about the kind of the study of how basically there's these patterns throughout life, largely based upon the golden ratio, which just expresses itself through um, the universe, um, which kind of makes sense. You know, this plus that equals the next thing. You know, basically that's the only number sequence there is where it's just that simple. The previous two things put together makes the next thing. You know, and so it kind of makes sense that that's how everything evolves. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, and you know, if you look at galaxies and everything, or down to atoms, the golden ratio is everywhere, you know, this is very interesting. So there's this mathematics built into the universe, both in terms of um, what we see, and then, so when, I guess when we recognize patterns, that could, maybe that's part of beauty, um, natural patterns, or um, whereas maybe certain thing, natural, crea uh, human creations might be a bit out of sync with the basically the, the pattern on which the most of the universe has evolved. And maybe that's, you know, perceived as ugliness. Um, or, you know, because like, oh, it's not the thing that which can, can, you can build a universe on. I don't know. Um, but then also, uh, yeah, in um, architecture and uh, music. So music is like basically variations of proportion and, reg you know, rhythm, um, but basically, you know, like if you look at the rhythms and things, um, it's in the temporal dimension. It's, it's geometry in the temporal dimension, sort of, right? Like it's um, uh, variations of, um, what do you say, like proportion, um, uh, distance, patterns between numbers, basically, um, and scale, right? Or, um, <clears throat> and so, and then you're layering these patterns all on top of each other. And so in the same way that you can do that when you're building things physically, like a temple, um, you can, and apparently the ancient Egyptians would build their temples, like kind of like we you arrange music. It was like, yeah, these are visual vibrations going into your, you know, you're seeing these wavelengths are going to your eyes and you're processing it and your brain is putting together all of this stuff. And there's an emotional impression that all of these patterns of very simple, basic, you know, iterations and um, of um, similarity and difference in the physical dimension um, that's creating an emotional impression on the palate of your mind, just like music does to us. And so that's beauty. Um, and you might say, oh, old music doesn't matter. Punk music's just as beautiful as, you know, Bach. <clears throat> and yet, um, I think, again, if you take the vast majority of people, doesn't mean it's always true, but it's a good no smoke without fire sort of thing, or rarely smoke. Rarely smoke without fire? Yeah, basically. 
Sometimes it might be steam. It might look like smoke. So no smoke without fire, but sometimes it's steam. Um, like, so what do most people think? Uh, they would say bark is more beautiful. You know? And um, if you poll the number of people, you know, times people have cried or had their lives changed by some classical, you know, really beautiful, soulful classical music. You know, some classical music I don't really feel like it feels a bit soulless, you know, a bit like it's just going through the motions. It's lost connection to the source of inspiration. Um, whereas some punk music might, you know, have be, have more of a connection to it. So some punk music for sure is more beautiful. And, um, and you know, you get into like The Clash or something, you know, like, Daddy was a bank robber, but he never hurt nobody. He just liked to live that way, and he loved to take your money. That's very beautiful, I think. Uh, but that's getting a bit more into melody and again the patterns and stuff um and you can look at poetry and this modern you know con modern kind of l conventionless poetry can be very interesting but not for that long you know whereas i could you know read kind of like elizabethan poetry good stuff like like well almost endlessly you know it's like well wow, like wow they, they really were following a kind of science or an art to it um i guess their art was more science there's more was in balance with you know the patterns and what sounds good, what feels good, you know, of different sounds and rep they were creating patterns between you know the vowels and the consonants or the syllables, iambic pentameter. Um, whereas I guess the modern world we've kind of turned a bit more into oh what's different, what's new, that's part of our culture. And I guess that modern culture has created a lot of good things. We have kind of broken free from a lot of you know nonsense like you know, racism or tribalism or um, you know what have you like. Uh, religious orthodoxies um, and been able to kind of imagine, like, oh, you know, find things like, you know, crazy scientific discoveries. But then on the other hand, there's, you know, usually you don't get something for nothing. Usually there's a trade-off. And so it seems like to me we've um, kind of maybe worshipping a little bit, uh, maybe underappreciating just tradition and um, the banal simplicity of the past or the, of the known of order. Um, and so, like, say, with poetry, if it's rhymes, you know, some people are like, oh, I'm not going to read it if it's rhyming. What's the point of that? That's old-fashioned. It's like, oh, is it? Or maybe you're old-fashioned compared to the future when everyone kind of finds the middle and it goes, oh, actually, no, there's a balance point here between the thing. Anyway, but, um, so, yeah. Uh, but, so this is beauty. And um, so if we go back to, like, say, the human, you know, yeah, there's beauty of, like, physical beauty, like geometry or... Um, and just what looks nice, colors and that kind of thing. Um, but then there's also a sort of um, uh, sp spiritual beauty um, or where like some people, say personality, some people are just very charismatic and attractive, even though they might not physically be very attractive. There's something about them. The way that they live is kind of attractive, right? You might not say it's necessarily beautiful, but I think for sure, like say Luke Kelly, who's this Irish singer, I wouldn't say he was particularly beautiful, although in some things he's kind of got some thing of him doing Raglan Road on some TV show. He's looking pretty good, I'd say, you know. You know, red curls, kind of blonding, it's this huge afro, and he looks pretty relaxed and pretty cool, you know. But um, in general, I'd say, you know, he's not looking too, you know, um, Adonisian, Adonisian, Adonic, I don't know. Not looking too much like an Adonis. But um, but he's like a very got a great beauty to him, 
because I think he's the way he sings, he's expressing emotion very, very powerfully and connecting to music. It's like being an open, cha humble channel for music. And also just seems like a very humble, kind of cool, balanced person. Um, and I think that comes off and we like, so in a way, just like a, a temple, if it's, you know, one wall is crooked, that puts off the balance and of the pattern. Someone who's really good at music and everything, but they're kind of a little bit egotistical, that's kind of like a crooked line. They're a bit out of balance in terms of their habits or their personality. Where someone like Luke Kelly seems to be more like, oh, wow, like you're really kind of a balanced person. You seem to be, you know, you're the kind of person who we could have a whole planet of you. It's like a sustainable personality pattern. Um, or maybe they would run out of alcohol. But, you know, um, uh, but, yeah, and so there's this, um, you know, or like you look into someone you really love into their eyes and you see the light and you see just their soul and who they are, you know. And so that's an even deeper level where um, it seems like there's just something myst mystical and mysterious and un unexplainable, inexplicable, um, ineffable about uh, uh, what is that? What is it that's so attractive? Like in that Bob Dylan line, um, but none of these, and, um, but all of, the, all of these and... and what is it? Uh, uh, but all of these and nothing else could touch none of these or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> I can sing it, but um, but all of these and nothing else can touch the beauty. I don't even know if that makes sense, but but yeah, basically saying nothing can touch the beauty of that I remember in my true love's eyes. Um, which I think a lot of people can relate to, and I wish more people could relate to, um, and. Hopefully one day, sooner or later, one of these lifetimes, everyone will be able to relate to this. Um, but like, yeah, what is that when you just see really deeply into someone? And is it the light? Is it like you see a light in there? And what is that? Is it like even the dark, the black of the pupil, there can be the light of consciousness in there. So the light in the darkness. But then also there's the kind of light of, you know, there's a bit of a reflection there. But is that where the soul is or like? It's very mysterious. Where is the soul? You see the, the eyes are the windows to the soul, but the soul, like, it's very hard to pin down. Like, what is that? All that seems to be sayable is that, like, it's this presence. Someone is there. If you look at a, a really good drawing, it looks like there's someone in the drawing, like in the eyes, you know? But there's no one there. That's just a painting, you know? Um, but um, when you, um, or you look in a drawing that's not so good, you're like, ah, there's no life there. It's lifeless. You know, the eyes aren't believable. But uh, a real person's eyes is like, well, there's someone right in there, even though it's also made out of protons, electrons, and neutrons, just like the sheet of paper. Um, but you know there's someone present there. And so that's sort of like everything's made out of consciousness. Everything is spirit, um, which is life. The whole universe is made out of consciousness. This seems to be the way it is. Um, and so it seems like it's kind of peeking out at us everywhere. Hey! Um, <laughs> he's picking out at me at some random kid here. Um, so yeah, and uh, so that's kind of I think if you look in someone's eyes, that's a very very deep insight into beauty. I think, and so bringing it back to what I was saying before, like there's these levels of beauty. There's the physical. There's kind of the emotional or um, 
character level or like, you know, mental level or behavioral level. Um, and that's kind of the spiritual level. Um, but just in general, like if you think about, like I was thinking about what motivates me um, reading a book where it's saying, you know, more to achieve your dreams. It's called The Compound Effect um, by Darren Hardy. Very good so far. And uh, it's kind of one of the main things it's saying so far is probably the main thing so far is that to achieve your dreams and be successful, uh, it takes more than um, willpower and determination. That's not going to be enough. Um, discipline, that's not enough. Uh, you need to have why power. You need to know why you're doing it. You need a very strong motivation. And that's going to sort everything out, um, out. If you've got a strong enough motivation, everything else falls into place. So I was thinking about that and I was thinking, what? Hmm. Perhaps I think I kind of landed upon for now is existential beauty or cosmic beauty. So basically, zoom out, think of the, the Milky Way. That's beautiful enough as it is. But just think, you know, on Earth, we could be here all being selfish and kind of trying to, you know, help each other get more pleasure at each other's expense and being fearful and being angry and trying to dominate and trying to be smarter than each other and whatever, you know. I don't know. How does that feel? feels a bit pointless to me. Um, then what about we encourage ecosystems to rebound and flourish? So the colors and the um, bounty of nature blooms back um, all over the world, re you know, regenerate nature, help nature. Nature does it herself, herself, but just help live in balance with nature so nature can regenerate. Imagine that. We have all these shining, advanced cities, and we have kind of smaller towns and little villages. So we can have our technology and all that. But nature is just all everywhere in between, just beautifully cultivated and just wildly um, gushing forth in her glory. You know, That sounds good, right? Um, and what about human beings? Like, what if the whole planet was really, really educated? What about like the whole planet was Renaissance men and Renaissance women? Everyone just, yeah, just knows everything, all, all this stuff about all kinds of subjects. Yeah, we're all just really, really well-informed. We've got great education in the year 2300, you know? Um, and what about people still have their conflicts, still have their fights? A minority of people still have fist fights or like, you know, even maybe there's even like violence and um, or like, you know, more death or, you know, murder and things, you know, but it's much, much, much rarer. And it's, um, you know, the kind of thing like a big street brawl these days. You don't see that very much. Maybe individual brawls you'd see, you know, just toning down the levels of everything and war, just kind of having war, maybe even war, we could get rid of, rid of that level maybe, you know, or at least make it far less frequent. Um, but, but even, yeah, just eventually get, get rid of that, overcome that through understanding our connection to each other and how we're all one, basically, different branches of the same tree. And I think a lot of that is through seeing the beauty of another culture, like being able to appreciate, like, say, I gave an example in some previous podcasts, but Korea used to, I used to be like, Korea, ah, seems kind of boring for some reason. I don't get it. No, I'm not interested. Um, and uh, then from teaching Koreans, I started to get an insight into their culture and their language and, you know, just the, everything, the way they're dressed and stuff. And it's starting to get really interesting and really cool and I really appreciate it now. And it's very unique. It's different to Japanese, different to Chinese, different to Taiwanese. It's a unique kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I'm very glad that that's there. That's part of the world, the bounty of life. 
And so we can have that with the whole world where everywhere we can, when we can appreciate the unique beauty of every little branch, then every, every branch is welcome on the tree, you know? And um, when we've got that harmony, everyone living in peace and then everyone's, you know, following their own dreams. Oh, you're making your music. Oh, I'm making money. You know, I'm, I'm solving people's problems and uh, just getting a bunch of money, buying a lot of houses, having great experiences, going to these, you know, really fancy restaurants where people are really good and they charge a lot of money for it because they're the best, you know. I think that's all fine. If, if let people do that, be like, you know, capitalists and all that. Why not? It's voluntary. People don't have to give them their money. If they want what they've got, they give them the money. Um, that's cool too. That's another, It's got its own beauty to it. And let the whole world have this diversity of everyone can live their own way. Um, but just that we kind of have this fundamental harmony where the vast majority of people are living in harmony and where we can move towards a point where maybe everyone's completely in harmony. And I think it would still be interesting. And you'd still, and by, you know, you never have complete harmony. It's yin yang. You know, disharmony is part of the harmony, you know. Um, everything in moderation, including moderation itself, you know, balance requires occasional imbalance. Otherwise, it would be too extreme, you know. And so, um, but the question is what level of that imbalance is necessary and what would be more beautiful? I think the world I'm describing of, you know, nature's beautifully, um, not just cultivated, but beautifully allowed for. And society is cultivated and beautifully allowed for. And kind of let, yeah, just like nature, let everyone do it, you know. Some of it can be kind of, centrally kind of coordinated but mostly just decentralized just let people express themselves um so we have nature and society and then the individual you know um yeah let everyone kind of like if every person is just kind of really giving the gifts that they have by their unique nature some of them more simple than others but all of them equally unique and therefore equally valuable on that fundamental level although on another level, you could say some people's gifts are more valuable. Someone who can really solve a lot of problems or, you know, music, Bob Dylan's music. Okay, that's more valuable than, you know, some random other person's music. But on another level, they're equal, you know. Um, but Bob Dylan wins twice, the other person wins once. Um, but everyone's a winner. Um, yeah, so I, I just kind of have this vision of like the earth just kind of thriving. And it just feels so beautiful. Imagine that the green and blue of earth in space and we just everyone's really wakes up leaps out of bed with a spring in their step ready to go get up to some adventures yeah there'll be some arguments there'll be some fights there'll be some mistakes failure um that's part of you know um the learning people are still going to get sick and die and that's all there's still going to be heartache and all but just do we really need the amount of conflict and malevolence and incompetence and mediocrity and self-sabotage and self-limiting beliefs and emotions that we have these days. Do we need that? I don't think so. And I think we can do better than this. And I think I feel very passionate when I even just think about or talk about this. And so that helps me kind of guide me forward in my own little way. Whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to contribute to this more beautiful planet and beautiful universe. Because the thing is, this is in the universe there's very likely other um, places in the universe on similar journeys. And so we can, by resonance, it's all connected. We can um, embody this and, you know, try to spread it, be a good example. 
Um, and even just here, even if this was the only planet in the whole universe, that we would be in a redeeming life in the universe by making this beautiful, this planet where there's truth, people seek the truth and uh, speak the truth. And, you know, sit, you know, in their own way, try to figure it out, you know, like from the many, our many angles, try to understand what's going on and try to ex express that. And people are good. We live in harmony and we, we try to give our best gifts and we try to be virtuous people, um, whatever, you know, in our own ways. Um, and we seek our own beauty and we seek the beauty in others. We seek to express and, and experience beauty. And um, that seems a lot better than kind of like selfish pleasure seeking. And I think it's much more meaningful. It's much more pointful. And... Yeah, maybe, you know, if you like that, yeah, why don't you kind of ruminate upon that and kind of um, reflect upon that and uh, kind of, yeah, trying to get the fire of your passion burning by thinking about what is my own beauty, not in a physical sense, although that too, take care of your beauty. Why not? It's part of life. Just because, you know, some people are vain and care too much about their beauty doesn't mean you shouldn't care how your hair looks or... How, what clothes you wear. It's like, why not? It's an expression of the divine. Everything's divine. So why would you, you know, not take care of one little part? And inevitably, like we're talking monkeys, you know, inevitably it is going to affect you if, you're, if you don't look good. You can try and rationalize it away, but you're going to feel it. And so if you want to be part of a beautiful world, it makes sense to wear the clothes which you genuinely feel are beautiful. And if you're doing it for yourself and not for others, then that's totally authentic and legitimate, I think. Um, and so, yeah, um, so cultivate your beauty on every level and try to cultivate the beauty of others on every level. You know, obviously they have their free will, but do what you can to encourage them. And with my family, that's how I'm feeling. I try to encourage the beauty in my very, very beautiful, uh, partner and, um, our very beautiful child and, um, my wider family, um, and, you know, community, just random people on the street. I always try to see the beauty in them and uh, uh, to encourage each other and to kind of see them as myself living another life. Um, and uh, imagine a whole planet where we were seeking to express and experience beauty. Um, that seems pretty exciting. So that's kind of my motivation. And um, 67, this episode, I kind of, that number, I find that quite beautiful. I don't know why. 67, why? 1967 seems like, oh, that's cool, nice. I don't know why, um, but I think I'll end there, but that's kind of one of the things about beauty. It seems one of the things why it's so interesting or so has such an attraction to me is that I don't understand it, you know? It's kind of seems like maybe truth is head, goodness is hands, and beauty is heart. Um, like say, uh, I think it's at Steiner, Steiner schools, they educate... Um, the head, the hands, and the heart, I think. Um, and uh, I think they start with the hand, hands, heart, head. I think they go in that order as the kids are getting older. So they kind of do more advanced mathematics and stuff as they're older. They start off with more embodied practices and stuff and social skills and that kind of stuff. Um, and motivation and that kind of self-regulation, I think. But yeah, so beauty seems to me like, yeah, it's just seamless. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, yeah, I think it's 
sometimes I just try to ponder that and go like, yeah, what is beauty? And why is it so beautiful? You know, Even the word beauty, I love it in English, beauty, you know, incredible. All right, so I'm going to go think about beauty for a bit. Uh, I'll leave you there and uh, enjoy your beautiful moments, beautiful people. That's right, you.